We'll read tonight from First Peter, First Peter, the first chapter, and start at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than a gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found in a praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ." Peter is reminding them of what they're rejoicing in, and they had a lot to rejoice in, just like we have a lot to rejoice in. And they uh, could look back at what the Lord had done for them. They could uh, appreciate the lively hope that was in their heart as their own personal possession. They rejoiced in that. They rejoiced in their uh, reservation in heaven that they had, that the Lord had given them. They were kept by the power of God through faith. God was working. God was working in their life, and they had learned to trust him. But then Peter, after laying down that premise, he says, wherein you greatly rejoice, as they would and they should, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Well, who gets to decide if need be? I mean, if we had a choice, would we choose manifold temptations or, or various, uh, very different kinds of, of difficulties? He just means in general terms here, challenges, difficulties, things that uh, come into our life that we did not see coming, um, things that would challenge our faith, would uh, challenge all kinds of things. And if we had a choice, we probably uh, would go a different direction. But it, we don't have a choice. Things do come into our lives. Things do confront us. Things do challenge us. Things do come up before us that we did not see coming, that we didn't expect. But I like Peter's words here, if need be. And he he didn't pull any punches. He said, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. It can get dark. Life can get dark. Life can get confusing. But that's the, the wonderful part about this gospel. No matter how black it gets, God is still there. God still gives victory. God still gives real peace in those times, real comfort in those times, real strength in those times. Those aren't just platitudes we like to talk about. We know from experience that in those dark times, God is there to give us real victory. If need be, he says, you're in heaviness. Well, there's something else going on behind the scenes, apparently, that they couldn't see, that we cannot see. There's a purpose. There's a reason. And if need be, you will face some of these things. Why? That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The Lord knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And we could trust him. But to God, we could truly take the risk of believing that God is as close to us as he promised he would be. 
that he is as loving as he promised he is, that he is as faithful as he promised he would be. He knows what he's after in our lives. He knows what he's trying to produce in our lives. He knows uh, the higher ground that we long for. We thank God for everything he's done in our lives, but there's something that cries out in our heart. Lord, I want more of you, less of me. More of you. There's something in our soul that longs to be able to get out there and really trust God and have that kind of a testimony. And the Lord wants that in our life as well. He's reaching for the same thing. He knows how he wants to use us. He knows what needs to happen in our lives. He talks about gold. It's much more precious than of gold that perishes. Well, the process of gold is typically it has to be melted down, but the temperature can vary as much as 12,000 degrees. Depending on, on what the elements are in that gold. If you're talking about gold ore or if you're talking about a gold charm, either way, there's going to be copper in it. There might be lead in it. There might be a quartz or iron pyrite. Who knows? Whatever is in there, but it's going to have to be melted down to get it to its purest form to be able to be used the way that it was intended to be used. And the Lord knows exactly what's in our life that he's after. He knows exactly what he has to do. He knows exactly the kind of pressure he has to allow on one side. He knows uh, exactly where he has to touch on our lives. Different trials, different challenges come to different people for different reasons. God knows what he's doing. But it's up to us then to yield in those times. God won't do that for us. He's a master. He's a master at it. He knows what he's doing. And if we can yield to the Lord and and realize that that everything comes from his hand, if we have been trusting the Lord and we have been in prayer and we have been seeking God's will and seeking God's face, things come into our life, what do we do? We don't know what to do about it. We might not have the answer. He talks about, uh, Peter does in 1 Peter chapter 4. He says in verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange, Concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when the glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Sometimes challenges do seem strange. We can't hardly define them. We can't even figure out where they came from. And yet there they are, big as life, and they threaten us. And sometimes those types of things we would love to be able to share with somebody else to maybe gain some sympathy or some support. And we find that sometimes those things are beyond words. We can't describe it. We can't put it in proper perspective. We don't know how to tell anybody. So we go to the Lord and we realize God is the one that has the comfort. God is the one that has the strength. If we will just yield to him, then we will find the blessing that we're after. We'll find the strength. We'll find the comfort. We'll find the direction in those times. Sometimes things come our way that we can't really identify. And it makes me think, in the Lord's mercy, he keeps the pressure on sometimes. Initially, some of those things we might try to solve. We might try to identify where it came from so we can fix it. We might try to end this trouble and get out of it. But in the Lord's mercy, sometimes he will keep that pressure on until the light finally dawns. I need to yield. I need to let God have his way. He's after something. I can't do anything about it. I don't have any answers. I've got nowhere to go, but I can go to the Lord. And when we really yield, we really let go of the control. We're willing to follow the Lord sometimes, but not unless he's going to lead me over here. I will surrender to the Lord as long as I don't have to say that. As long as I don't, as long as I can call a few shots, 
as long as I can keep my hand on it, keep control of this thing, but that isn't surrender. We can't find peace that way. We have to fully yield under the mighty hand of God and let him work. It makes me think of the verse in Leviticus chapter 16, talking about the preparation of the priesthood and talking about the incense that was going to be used in the holy place. And it talks about that incense that was beaten small. And I think about that incense and it's described in Exodus 30, chapter 30, verse 34, the, the, the elements that were a part of that. You read those, those four ingredients and they were basically different types of, of resin, gum, and a shell. And those elements by themselves, if you try to light them, will produce absolutely nothing. But if they are beaten, and they are beaten so small into dust and powder, which is what that word means, that you cannot separate them anymore, you can't identify them anymore, but together they have made something that is useful to God. And that was the incense that was used in the holy place. Paul talks about the fragrance or the savor of Christ in 2 Corinthians. Chapter 2, in verse 14, he says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death, to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? When you walk into the house... And you smell brownies. You know you're going to find brownies somewhere. In the oven, somewhere. Even if you don't like brownies, you can identify it and you know they're there somewhere. When my wife lights a scented candle and I walk in the house, I don't see the candle, but I know it was lit. And I end up walking around the house to find it. And sure enough, I already knew it was there. There's a savor. There's a scent. It's unmistakable. And this is what Paul is talking about. There's a there's an essence that goes out from the children of God. And it's not you. It's not me. It's, it's the essence of Christ. It's the love of God in the heart. It's those who have been beaten small and there's a fragrance. And there's the love of Christ comes comes out. It, it comes. Uh, there's a, there's an essence that goes out that is unmistakable. James 1.4 talks about the trials that we go through. James 1, and four, uh, starting at verse 2, My brethren, cannot all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience or a cheerful endurance. That's what it's producing. But let it have its perfect work. Let it work. Let it work. If we can keep our hands off and keep ourselves yielded to God, God will work and he, he knows what he's reaching for. He knows that one element in our life that may be hindering us. He's after that. And he's going to, he's going to uh, get that out of our life so that we are more useful to him. Our soul will be most satisfied when we are fully yielded. There, there's no greater joy to the soul than to be fully yielded to God and let him do what he wants with us. There's nothing more satisfying than that. We thank God for the mountaintop experiences. And certainly we need those. We do. God teaches us there. God shows us things. And sometimes we might fear the valley if we talk about the valley. But the valley is where we're going to learn the most about God. 
the valley. When we get down in there, we might fear it. We don't need to fear the valley. What did the psalmist say? When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for thou art with me. When around every corner seems something threatening, when there are no answers, you can't see the path in front of you, but the Lord is with you. And we find that when we get on our knees in those times and we yield again, I've yielded before. I paid the price before. I gave everything you were asking me for, but God, I need help. And so I'm going to surrender again. These circumstances are here by your hand. And I will yield to them and let you produce what you want to produce in my life. You will find God right there. You will find spiritual blessing right there. You will find greater blessings in the valley than on the mountaintop. You will find deeper springs of living water in the valley than on the mountaintop. You will find more life-changing lessons in the valley than on the mountaintop if we will just yield. We will find God leading us. And we will leave footprints for others to follow when he leads us from spring to spring. The still waters, they're in the valley. And those, those green pastures, those blessings are in the valley. But the Lord calls for us. How easy it is to react when we have things that come our way and they're stressful. We want to solve it, want to get out of it. Well, that's normal. But sometimes the Lord allows things to stay there until he can get us to yield. Just let go. I've got it. Just let go and let it work. I know what I'm doing. There's a reason. He's reaching. He's producing gold. There's something that needs to be produced in our lives. He knows exactly what it is. He's the master. Each one of us are different. Each one of us are put together differently. And he understands that. Different trials come to different people to produce different results. And the Lord is in control of it. If we can learn that lesson, we will find that, well, like David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. In Psalm 119, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn nice statutes. And we begin to realize that this pressure is not a bad thing after all. We're drawing closer to the Lord. There's less of me. Hallelujah. It's a strain to carry yourself around. But just let go of you. That's what God's after. He's not after our service. He's not after anything oppressive. We don't have anything to, to brag about. Who does? We're not, we're not going to impress the Lord with what we do. He's after our surrender. That's what he's after. Then he can use us and he allows these things to come into our lives to produce something. He knows what he's after. There's no accidents with God. We can stay on our knees. We can stay surrendered and we will find God with us all the way. We'll find his hand on our shoulder. We'll find him encouraging us and we will find that he will dispel the darkness. We might not have answers, but we can have peace. We might not have answers, but we can have light. We might still be in the valley, but we have the glory of the Lord leading us. We might still be in the valley, but God is right there holding our hand. How wonderful this gospel works. It works, but he calls us to yield. We can't ever get away from that. There's no end to it. We've yielded before and the Lord has done things in our lives. And sometimes when we don't know what to do, we don't know what to pray. We don't hardly know how to request prayer. We don't know what to look for. Well, let's try yielding. It'll work. It will work if we will yield and go a little deeper with the Lord and let go and make sure we're not trying to control anything. Make sure that we're not trying to hang on to something and call the shots once in a while. If we're not trying to tell the Lord what he wants to do for us, let go of that. 
Yield to God, surrender, and you'll find he's right there. Let it work. It makes me think of of Gideon and how the Lord called him and called him a mighty man of valor. And I think the Lord called him a mighty man of valor because he knew that he was going to do whatever the Lord asked him to do, even if it didn't make sense. The Lord called him and Gideon didn't have a whole lot of confidence in himself either. He didn't didn't understand how he could be of any help at all to Israel. But the Lord had called him. And the first thing he had to do was cut down the grove, uh, his father's grove uh, built to honor Baal. He did it at night with his with uh, 10 men, I believe it was, and he, he went through and cut down that grove. He did it. His father was challenged the next day, and all, of his, all his father said, well, if Baal is a god, let him defend himself. That's a good answer. But there was nothing else that came of it. The Lord was leading Gideon. The Lord knew what he had in Gideon. Gideon felt like a nobody, but Gideon was somebody who was yielded, and no matter what God put in front of him, he was just going to yield to it. Whatever you say. He could have had a lot of input. He could have had a lot of, uh, a lot of questions. He was, he was uh, told to gather the men, blow the trumpet, and uh, sound the alarm, and uh, raise up, call the soldiers to battle, and so they came, but the Lord whittled them down to 300. We don't find any, any question from Gideon. We don't find Gideon offering his ideas. We don't find Gideon questioning at all. He was just trusting the Lord all the way. And we find Gideon then had to use pitchers and lamps. And the Lord told him, the Lord is so gracious. He knows what he's doing. He knew Gideon's heart. Gideon was just following, but the Lord said, if you're afraid, it's all right to feel afraid. You know that? It's all right to feel afraid. We can admit that and we can take that to the Lord. The Lord will strengthen us just like the Lord did for Gideon. If you're afraid, go down and listen. You eavesdrop. Well, if you were going to devise a dream that was going to encourage Gideon, what would you come up with? Probably not a barley cake. But that's what the Lord did. And in all those... uh, Soldiers down there as grasshoppers. How many tents were down there? And yet Gideon went to just the right tent. The Lord led him to the right tent. And he heard that dream, that soldier had of the Bardakeek rolling down the hill and smashing the tent. And and his friend said, well, this is none other than the sword of Gideon. And Gideon heard that and worshiped the Lord right there. And in his heart dropped that confidence. God is going to take us through. This doesn't make any sense. It never did make any sense. If you look back at those steps I had to take, how does that make sense? Where's the rational thinking in that? Where's the planning in that? But he was following God. God wanted Gideon's surrender. He didn't want Gideon's ideas. He didn't want Gideon's questions. He needed somebody who would just say, all right, you call the shots. I will yield. And so here they are with 300 men and a dream about a barley cake. And victory was right on the horizon. God just is looking for people that will yield. Yield. There's the secret. Always. If we've been saved for years and the Lord has brought us through many, many things, and yet we find ourselves in a difficult place, it always works. Get down and lay yourself out before the Lord again. Make sure our hands are off of everything. And I really like what it says there about those men as they blew the trumpets and they, they lit those lanterns. And the Lord began to work. And it tells us there, and I believe it's uh, Judges 
chapter 7, verse 21, that every man stood in his place. Stood in his place. You think about the multitudes of the armies that were there and the camels that were without number. I don't know what that means. 100,000? 500,000? I don't know what that means. Without number, but that's what they had to deal with. And there they stood, those 300 men, and they stood in their place. They're this far. It's right on the horizon. Don't give up now. We've come this far. As you look back over that, there are so many points that he could have stopped and said, what in the world are we doing? How how is this going to work? God just is looking for people that will yield. And the Lord, of course, uh, brought a great victory that day. But as we follow God, it doesn't always make sense. The things that come into our lives, but the Lord isn't asking you to figure it out. He's not asking you to analyze it. He's not asking you to get to the bottom of it. He's not asking you to figure out who's to blame. He's, a, he's looking for us to yield. He's looking for us to let it go. And God will work. God will produce in your life exactly what he wants to produce. He knows you. He knows where he wants to use you. He knows what you could be. He has plans to use you. But you have to get out of the way. We have to get out of the way. We have to be willing to be beaten small. To be ground up so that there's a fragrance of Christ, not a fragrance of us. We're not interested in that. We don't have anything to brag about, but we are interested in the fragrance of Christ coming out of our lives to change this dying world, to reach a soul that they could see that there truly is power in the gospel. There are a lot of voices today saying a lot of things. And we don't want to get trapped in that. We don't want to feel like we have to bring that in and enhance our faith. We won't enhance our faith. The only way we can enhance our faith is surrender. That's what the world needs to see. The essence of Christ. Not another another clever statement. Not another play on words. But the essence of the living God coming out of our life. Why? Because we surrendered. We just said, Lord, have your way. I'm yours. Isn't that the way to victory? That's how you got saved. When you finally got to that place and you just let it go. Don't you remember that? That sweet feeling of surrender and it just flowed away. And you bid farewell to the world without a second glance. There was no farewell party. Goodbye. I'm on my way with the Lord. And when you got sanctified, it was the same thing. You had to get to that same place. Goodbye to the world. I don't need it. I don't want it. I'm after Jesus. I want the riches of Christ in my life because there are people that need to see, to understand that fragrance of Christ, the reality of the gospel. And when you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it was the same thing. Yes, you were praising when you received, but before that, you had to pay a price. You had to decide that's where you wanted to go. You had to decide this is, this is what I'm after. And I'm going to be the Lord's all the way. The Lord honored that. And now as we walk with the Lord and we go through some things, we find still the key to the whole thing is just to yield, just to let let it go and let God work. He knows what he's after. It will produce gold in us. That's God's doing. That's God's doing. That's not our doing. We don't get to decide that. Yield. I know sometimes it doesn't make sense. I know sometimes it gets really dark. I know sometimes it's confusing and our natural reaction is to fix it. The Lord doesn't want you to fix it. He wants you to yield. That's where the secret is. And walking through the valley, if you want to find the real blessings of God in the valley, yield. He's with you. He'll walk with us all the way. Let yourself go. Forget all the ideas that we want to do for the Lord. He doesn't need those either. Sometimes we have all the plans that we're going to do to honor the Lord. He's not interested. He's not impressed by that. He's after somebody who will yield. 
He didn't need Gideon's plans. He didn't need Gideon's ideas. Just somebody who will say, yes, Lord, your will be done. Here am I. That's the secret to this wonderful gospel. We can get right in step with the Lord in a moment. Just in a moment, how wonderful that is. We could finally let it go, and it feels so right to our soul when we're finding a step with the Lord, and it's so natural, step by step. We're with the Lord. We're walking with Him. We've let it go. Isn't that a wonderful feeling? To know that we're with God, we're in step with Him. Lay it out there before God and let Him decide what you should have. Now, Lord, I have this talent. I have this gift. I want to do this for you. Maybe you should just lay that down and let him decide if that's what he wants you to do. And when he gives it back to you, it'll be right. Because you'll be out of it. He doesn't need us in the picture. His plan was that he would be glorified within us. As we yield to him, that's what the victory is. Every one of us. Every one of us. How wonderful it is that we can do that. We can kneel before a loving Savior who's been at work in our lives, fine-tuning, reaching for one point we didn't even know was there, trying to, trying to get something out of our lives that we were completely unaware of. He's been working all the time. And when we just yield and give Him room to work, the victory's ours. If we could just see the victory that is just on the other side of surrender, if we could just see what belongs to us on the other side of just letting go, God will work. God will work for us. He's right there to work. We heard that tonight. He's so close. He's just looking for us to open our hands and say, Lord, have your way. And God will step in. God will work for us. God bless you as we stand and sing 504.